Welcome, everyone. This is the Culture of Truth podcast. Today is Thursday, August 26, 2021. We're glad you're here and we're excited to kick this thing off. My name is Will Hawkins and I'm your host. I'm joined by my good friends, Jeff Amstutz. Yo, what's up? And Rob Greer. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> How y'all doing? How y'all feeling today? I mean, who knows when this will go live, but I just got over COVID, so oh my god, all kinds of fun. Ooh, first time, so I'm, first I'm, first time con- getting it. Yeah, I was vaccinated, but I I got it anyway. And uh, man, I'm it, sorry. It is, it's all good. Like I'm just I'm really happy right now because it's over. Oh, and you have friends. Yeah, I have friends. You, you get to hang and, out. Yeah, and we're in the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No more FaceTime. I was we're in, live. I was, I was in one bedroom for 10 days by myself the whole time. Oh, you quarantined. I quarantined from Amy, Amy because she needed to protect her patients. Mm. Oh, my. That's a so whole like, other level. I mean, I was, I was so really. So, wait. Did she, like, knock on the, or did she leave, like, hotel style, leave your food on the floor on uh-huh. a tray? Uh-huh. Walk away. She opens the door. I mean, you obviously, grab listeners can't hear this, but there's like my, uh, a little office I have over there, a guest bathroom and a guest bedroom. And those like three rooms, I literally didn't leave for 10 days. Man. So. Well, I bet you're extra glad that we're here, this, that we're I'm doing this, that we have this opportunity to yes. do this today. So just want people to know, Jeff's happy right now. <laughs> Jeff's happy, happy everyone. <laughs> He's got on his favorite shirt, guys. That's right. And they'll never know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, one of these days we'll post a picture of you in it. No worries. That's right. Oh, yeah. Rob, how you doing? I'm fantastic, gentlemen. Uh, you know, like Jeff here, I also had COVID, but I had COVID earlier this year, back in late February. I was also quarantined in a room for at least 10 days and got my food served to me on the floor right outside of that door. <laughs> um, thankfully, I remember that. Thankfully, Will and his his wife, they both were just, you know, real sweet. And they brought me soup peddler. I had my chicken noodle soup with mm. my banana peanut butter smoothie. Mm. 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 Yeah. Can we get that again? Mm. Mm. That's right. Real good. Real good. So I'm doing well. I'm super excited for this and can't wait to go on this journey with you guys. Yeah. We're going to have some fun. That's right. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk about some awesome stuff and, just a, a little overview, a little background uh, before we begin. We are believers who desire to know, we desire to grow deeper in our relationship and our trust in Jesus. And we really started this podcast to have conversations that grow that faith, um, not just ourselves, but for, for everyone who listens, everyone we come in contact with through the understanding of scripture. So... Uh, Before we begin, before we jump in, Rob, would you mind praying for us? Absolutely. Father, God, you, you're good, Father, and we, we just thank you for the opportunity for us brothers and those who are listening to, to be able to come together and, and to worship you by talking about your scripture and uh, conversing on the things that it reveals to us. Uh, teaches us how to be more like you, Jesus, and how it teaches us to to live a life um, that produces fruit uh, for the good of those who hear it and for our joy in you, uh, that we may know you more and, and grow in our faith, as Will mentioned earlier. And so, Lord, we pray that you would use this podcast um, to glorify your name, but to also encourage those who are listening to just have conversations Lord, that this would spark fruitful conversations and allow people to gain a more um, wise perspective of, of what you have for them and the things that you intend to do in their lives as they listen to this podcast. So, Lord, we thank you, and we just pray that you would use this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Rob. So I'm going to open this up to both of you guys, and of course, I'll jump in. What is this podcast? So the question everybody, the question that that people listening are waiting for. What is this podcast? Yeah, the name is definitely something that uh, we went back and forth quite a bit on. Um, culture of truth is not to talk about culture um, and not about just what truth is. So certainly both of those things will come up. Uh, it's about conversations 
that creates a culture of truth and in truth here we define as what we learn in scripture we believe that uh, the bible is authoritative that it's god's word it is inerrant uh, and so we want what it says to us uh, we want that to define the culture around us and the conversations we have are about spurring each other on to do that more and more and, uh, to look like jesus and so that's what the name really is rooted in um, not commenting on things around us but more of a establishing what our life rhythms look like together. Yeah, that's a good distinction. Yeah, and I think just to add to that, I would probably say, you know, with culture of truth, I think it's important to just remember that this is, the, the title itself is, it's meant to just remind each of us that this is something we are, are striving for on a daily basis um, and that, God's word, as we mention scripture or, you know, certain verses, or we talk about theological topics that we want to, you know, dissect what it means, but also allow those things to be something that helps shape our minds around what, what God wants us to do with our lives, but also how we should live in light of the gospel. So, yeah, I mean, without over explaining it, culture of truth at its root, like Jesus said, you know, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. John seventeen seventeen. Man. Yeah. And that's something that we're going to do. This, this isn't going to be just opinion based us just talking from our heads, from our hearts. It's going to be talking from scripture, from truth. That's our goal. Um, I mean, you, you can expect the format of this essentially being mini series where we alternate between Christian theology and the, the book of focus is heavily going to be systematic theology by, by Wayne Grudem and then books of the Bible. So we'll just alternate between those two. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just comment a little bit on the book systematic theology because uh, I found a lot of people in the past, including myself, previous versions of me, uh, think that reading the Bible requires some other book to tell me what it actually says. Um, and so we're not selecting this book as like, a, oh, we can't read the Bible. Like we actually think we should start with reading the Bibles with our own two eyes, the best of our ability mm. on our own. And then this book um, is helpful to structure um, the high level view of everything because we'll talk about what systematic theology is, but Systematic theology is just what does the whole Bible say about X? You know, X is a topic. And so that book, that's basically a giant textbook, is a great way to structure how we do that because there's a million things to talk about. But one chapter of systematic theology is a nice, like, bite-sized thing we can talk about. Mm -hmm. So it's not a book to say, oh, we, we, can, we can't read the Bible without it, but rather it's going to help us read the Bible better, the Bible we're already reading on our own and understanding ourselves. Yeah. Definitely. Can you, can you explain why we would then go from one of like a, a doctrine, a theological topic, and then jump into a book of the Bible? Can one of y'all walk us through that? Well, I think to kind of go off of what Jeff was saying, this book is it's supplemental, you know, it's not necessarily something that is required in order for us to understand the Bible. I mean, for every believer, listening to this podcast and even for us you know the holy spirit is someone who reveals to us truth and so when we go through specific doctrines within systematic theology the whole point is to understand systematically throughout the entire scripture what is the bible saying about that and then we go back into the bible and confirm that those things are true and then we did you know we have a conversation around those things about how does that how does that impact our lives today? What does it mean for us to live this out? And how do we practice that not only in conversation but in action? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, makes me think of of what I've always learned from from the church that we've we've gone to for so long. Uh, head, heart, and hands. So what you and take for those who are listening who don't know, yeah. That church <laughs> yeah, is go the Austin Stone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Josh. We're we are not we're not ashamed of our church. No, just to hope not. But uh, 
Yeah. No, definitely. Say the name. <laughs> that was more out of being unsure of podcast <laughs> etiquette on dropping in names and stuff. So no, bear no. with me on that. Church. Getting used to that. We are mere attenders of a stone, or of a stone, of a church called the Austin Stone, which is just a church. It's all about Jesus, not about our church. Amen. Yeah. Well, and so, I mean, Rob, can you talk through head, heart, and hands what that means and how, why I guess I bring that up? Yeah. So from the head perspective, right, when you read the scriptures, how do you think about who God is? Um, First and foremost, what is the Bible teaching you about who God is and how do you think about him? Also, when you read the scriptures, how do you think about yourself in light of who God is, right? So that's the head part of it. The heart part of it is the feeling or more so just the emotions behind what you are reading and what that causes you to feel or, or, you know, how you act. So, you know, when you are reading about who God is or who, you know, Jesus is uh, portraying himself to be, how does that impact you from an emotional perspective? And what is that? How does that motivate you to do something? And the hands, of course, is pretty self-explanatory. How do you, based off of what you think about God and think about yourself and what you have experienced with your heart, how do you now act with your hands to serve people and to serve God's church? So, yeah. And it's amazing how much those things, they're all intertwined with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, I I remember Kevin Peck, who's uh, like the lead pastor of the Austin Stone. um, He has, he's preached before uh, and taught on this idea of um, when you're in a relationship with someone, you know, we're talking about a relationship with Christ. When you're in a relationship with someone, what's the most common thing you do on a date? Ask people questions to learn about them. Mm -hmm. So you can't, it's really difficult to say you deeply love someone with all your heart, your soul and your strength and not know them. Yeah. Like those are mm-hmm. inseparable things. So to know more about God or using our head, um, helps us feel more mm-hmm. attracted to God mm-hmm. and want us to serve him more. And we often find ourselves, uh, where maybe one of, or two of them come easier than the other one or two. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're all, interconnected so each thing that you know rob as you were going through them it's like hey what you know about god will help carry your heart when you don't feel it or when you feel really great about god that's when you're like man okay i need to sit down and think through theology or man like i love god so much how could i not want to go serve the church you know like these all are connected yeah that action is a natural overflow from from that knowing from getting to know him yeah. So, um, hard hands, man. It's good stuff. Yeah, I love it. I, it's something that once I heard that, it just stuck. So now I see things different. I see script, reading scripture differently. I see learning about God differently and having these conversations. I just see it differently now. So I guess going off of that, as far as with this podcast, what are you guys hoping to get out of this? What is, What is your your vision for this? Just encouragement, you know, encouragement to those who are listening but also encouragement for each other. Um, if you guys have ever read the book of, of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter three talks about meeting with one another as long as it is called today and encouraging one another, you know? And so a lot of that is living in community, being a part of the local church, um, spending time doing things like this, whether you are on a podcast or you're in a small group, And you're just encouraging each other by reading the scriptures, talking about the scriptures and holding each other accountable. And so the one thing that I hope to get out of this entire podcast is encouragement to be encouraged, but to also encourage others. Yeah, I'd echo the exact same thing. And interestingly, like when you were saying that, Rob, I was thinking this isn't the only community we have in the church. You know, we each have different small groups, different people like we're in discipleship relationships with like one-on-ones or groups and then like actual church congregations like there's different tiers and and contexts that we engage in the church and this is just one of them and this is the one that we happen to have microphones in front of us and press record so my my goal with this is not to get anything out of this that i wouldn't get 
from a small group Bible study. Yeah. It's just more yeah. of the same, but we happen to be recording it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's spot on. In kind of the inception of this, as we were talking, I was explaining the feel that I w- I'm hoping that this has is that we're sitting in, in your living room or Rob's living room and we're having these conversations and there's just happens to be a mic there listening and recording it, allowing for the opportunity, like what a blessing it is that we have technology that we can record this, mm-hmm. put it out and allow people to hear it and allow for it to minister to people and allow for people who might be nervous at the, the sound of, systematic theology and doctrine and those things that can kind of sound intimidating it kind of, it breaks down that wall it breaks down that barrier that's the hope so then they can i mean whether it's reaching out to us directly or somebody that they know and asking these questions and having these conversations yeah really important details none of us went to any type of seminary <laughs> no we're Absolutely. we're just guys who want to pursue Jesus in community according to what the Bible says. And that should be, that could be practically anyone listening to this. Yeah, and the one thing that we have all done that is in common is the development program that the Austin Stone um, puts on. Mm -hmm. Which is a systematic theology, Mm -hmm. like class that's in two semesters. And, you know, so so we're going to end up talking about a lot of things we've studied with in a structured way with others before Mm -hmm. us. We didn't just crack open the book and went, Oh, I get it. Let's start talking about it on a podcast. Like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) like uh, there's been a lot of backstory for all of us leading Mm -hmm. to this. Um, so this is not the first time we've thought about Jesus before, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And that, (laughs) but that, that, that is so many believer stories is Mm -hmm. like, you know, people who grew up in church, um, who'd been in the faith for a long time. Like you find yourself, like still studying these things, still learning more, still being in community. And then people who are new to the faith uh, won't come in and feel like, uh, or hopefully they would hear what I just said and be like, oh, they are normal people too. Like yeah. I don't have to have some backstory to, to compare it to anyone else. It's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about the camaraderie around being in the church, mm-hmm. serving Jesus. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I'm excited about is that, kind of just out of out of natural conversation over time that we're going to be able to talk about our stories we're going to be able to talk about who we are kind of our perspective on things we each have a different perspective we each have a different upbringing different backgrounds and we're going to be able to talk rob like you're saying is when we read scripture how do how are we internalizing it and then we're able to vocalize that and open it up to each other and actually have conversations about it Um, jeff's gonna think or hear something and maybe have different thoughts than I initially will. And we'll be able to come together and, and be able to talk about it. Sometimes it's going to be difficult, difficult conversations about what's happening out in the world and um, what are the implications of it and what does the word say about it? So that's, that's what I'm excited about is for people over time to be able to, to get to know us, but then through it, we get to know each other on a whole nother level because of these conversations. Oh yeah. And as we mentioned earlier, you know, we're going to be asking each other questions. There's going to be mm-hmm. questions that, you know, guide the conversation, but there will be questions in between those conversations, or excuse me, between those questions that will allow us to elaborate a little bit more about that specific question or just even who we are and where we grew up. And so I'm excited and I can't wait to, to get this going. So kind of this is so meta right now because we're doing the podcast talking about what it'd be like to do the podcast <laughs> wow yeah we got to set that set the tone set the foundation <laughs> we're laying we're laying that down right now okay well let's get into some questions then all right let's rock okay question i got for you guys is that we're going to talk about is what is truth that is the name it's part of our name and the pretty much the foundation of everything that we're going to be doing. So what is truth? Who wants to go first? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the easy answer is Jesus, right? But let's break that down a little bit more. So when you guys read the book of John, you get to chapter 14, Jesus literally calls himself the truth, right? So he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I think it's important to realize that Jesus doesn't say, I am true, or I speak truth. He literally says, 
I am truth. And so the easiest way to explain what truth is, is to know who Jesus is. And that requires reading the scriptures. And so by answering that question, you have to know who is Jesus and where did he come from? Um, You know, where was his beginning? Was there a beginning for him? You know, where did he live? How did he live his life? What was the impact that he had on the people that he grew up around and, and lived with and, and interacted with? And so in a nutshell, truth is Jesus, but it's also knowing who Jesus is and what he did and how he did it and why he did it. Yeah. And the complimentary angle I'll answer to agree with Rob, but add something else is truth is objective. It is not something like that, like gravity has a constant. It's not whatever you want it to be. It's, you know, the most commonly described as 9.8 meters per second squared. That's how, that's how fast things fall on earth. And so like there's, there's objectivity, meaning there is right and wrong. Now, what's difficult is sometimes knowing that right and wrong can be tricky, can be difficult, can be out of our grasp. But when it comes to eternal things, when it comes to where did this all come from, uh, you know, that gravity constant I just said came from who? Came from Jesus, because he's the one at the foundation of the world created everything. That's what, that's what John tells us. John, you just open up the book of John, and it's like, oh, okay, Jesus is there. You can open up the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 1. Guess who sustains it all? It's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the objectivity part that I'm trying to say is when we talk about truth, this is not something that just it's our truth. We're not saying that from a perspective of like thinking there are other truths. We're just owning it as this is what we believe and we believe it is objective and there is no other truth that exists. Jesus Christ is the son of God. He is the one who he is God or is man. He, uh, there's just, we're going to go through all that stuff, but it is objective. It is not like, well, that's just what we think. And if you think something else, like that's not what scripture says, there's no room for that. Hmm. Right. And you're, yeah. And you're saying Jesus is truth. Yeah. Right. And so where do we learn that? Where do we, where do we, where is that defined? How do we define it? Like, what do we define that by? The scriptures. Exactly. Yeah. The scriptures. So I want to read a def- the definition for relativism. Mm-hmm. And that's a popular philosophy and pretty much the worldview that exists right now. And this is these are top this is a topic that I'm I myself am trying to study more and learn more about. But what the definition here that I'm reading it says the doctrine that knowledge, truth, and morality exist in relation to nature uh, relation to culture, sorry, society or historical context, and then get this, and are not absolute. And so that's why it's important for us to, one, I mean, with, with this podcast, it's one of our, our goals is to define truth and to build a culture around that. Yeah. And by doing that, we're going to have to confront, essentially confront this, this worldview that exists because the, world, the view that the world sees things by and uh, lives by is a complete and utter opposite of what what we see in the scripture for that defines truth and it it, it, quite frankly it's it's an attack on it yeah well it's 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 interesting how um truth gets redefined Mm. as relative not necessarily because or not because there is any other actual objective truth but rather what is objective truth was rejected so I'm thinking like Romans one right now, um, claiming to become wise, they became fools. You know, the hearts were man. darkened, deciding to, uh, that man's man's sin decided to trade what was knowingly true for lies. Uh, and then so the modern flavor of the problem that has plagued humanity since the fall. So literally the entirety of humanity is how can we convince ourselves what is objectively true is not actually true. Yep. And relativism is just one way to say the 
same thing that's happened for millennia. Yeah, and the word that you used earlier was objective. And when I think of relativism, you know, Will, you mentioned that there, that definition has the word or the phrase, it is not absolute. And so that makes me think subjective. You know, it's like you create your own truth. You make Mm. what you think is accurate based off of how you feel or how you think about something. And clearly when we read, as Jeff mentioned, Romans 1, that was the downfall of man. When we looked at our creator and said, no, we want what we want. And we believe that our thoughts, our thought processes, our feelings, our wanting of creation rather than the creator was better. And so that mm. internally affected how we viewed God, which was what we talked about earlier, our head, our heart, and our hands. We thought God wasn't going to satisfy us except our own thoughts and our own feelings and what we thought about certain things. And so that turned into how we would treat each other, but also how we would treat God. Hmm. That is, that is so well said. Um, the other, the other philosophy, cultural philosophy that, that exists is humanism, which is everything revolves around man and is for man's glory. So when you're talking about Genesis, about what it was, it's the rejection uh, of of God and so it's saying well the lie was you will be like God right and so that's what we're, that's what exists right now that's the threat that we face is oh you can define truth you are the authority mm-hmm. and if we are the authority the ultimate authority we're placing ourselves in the throne mm-hmm. yeah yeah See, I mean and it's a it's a very natural default thing like we're oh yeah, we're all we're all, we're all human. We're the center of the world, and and basically the the process of becoming like Christ is like tearing out of you your view that you are the center of the world. Yeah, and you don't you That's say tearing true. for a reason. Yeah, because it's, it's not a pretty process, oh, no. but it's a very mm. necessary and glorious one. Amen to that. And that's I know I mentioned sanctify earlier. That's what sanctification is. It's the process in which you are being made into the image of Jesus. And so taking off what was the side of you that was viewed as the enemy, right? Like you, at that point when we sinned and we turned away from God, we became enemies. And so that is the process of tearing away when we become believers we are putting away our old self, our old desires, our, our sinful mm-hmm. ways and putting on the ways of Jesus. And those ways are righteous as Corinthians mentions. And so, um, yeah, I mean, when we try to make ourselves God, that's a very tall task to accomplish. And in fact, you can never accomplish it. That's, that's impossible. Amen to that. Yeah, man. Okay. So, yeah, we talked We talked a lot about all of that and where we get truth, right? Scripture. This may seem like a rhetorical question, but what is the main purpose of Scripture, of these Scriptures? It could be such a small answer or a huge, enormous answer. I know uh, you know. Obviously. I know you know this. I'm calling you out. Uh, scripture. Uh, let's do some scripture memory here. Yeah. Throw out the verse that so, yeah. that speaks to Se- this. Second Timothy there three, you go. Uh, fifteen and sixteen. Sixteen and seventeen. Sixteen and seventeen. Ah, uh, man. I die aside whenever that happens to me. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it happens to me all the time. Oh uh, yeah, it happens to me too. Um, uh, but the, the yeah, it, all scripture is God breathed and useful for um, reproof, uh, rebuke, and, rebuke and training in righteousness. Um, man, I don't even have the whole verse I can, memorized. I have it right here if you well, want me to read it. You should read it. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was testing you, man. <laughs> All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that man of God 
may be complete, equipped for every good work. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, the, the, the main purpose of Scripture, yes, is absolutely that. Um, and that even simplifies more to it's the Word of God. It's literally like people are like, man, did God say something to me? Well, he said a lot already. You just have to listen by cracking open this book and literally listening to it. And it's funny because I've had this conversation now with a couple of guys that I have one-on-one regular conversations with uh, uh, about our walks with Jesus. And it's like the gospel is actually really simple. And the Bible's so big is because humanity has so many deep desires to not bear the image of God. It's not, if it's follow Jesus and love God with your entire being, and therefore, because you love God, you love people around mm. you with your entire being. It's actually quite simple. And you're reading all this other stuff in scripture because there's just so many ways that our sinful self is like, ah, but I don't want to have to do that here. Okay, cool. Well, let's go talk about it, you know? And so, all that scripture that we have is useful to combat that very simple temptation, which is to not love God and not love people. Mm. What is sin? Hmm. Wow. (laughs) Another small topic. I know, right? So small. Where do we begin? You know, I think this... (laughs) The simple way to define what is sin, Romans 3, I believe. Romans 3.23 is all have fallen short of the glory of God. So what is what does that mean, right? Like what does it mean to fall short of God's glory? Without getting into the weeds here, what God has made for us to to do in terms of us worshiping him and living for him anything outside of that is is sin that's a very broad way to explain it but it is us turning away from what god has deemed righteous or what god has deemed uh, good for us or truth right and so yeah, I don't know. Do you guys want to expand on that? So I I think of it um, as a little bit simpler at its at its core, and then of course like the ways it like when I was thinking of my reaction to like what is sin like it's big because I went straight to all of the little tributaries of mm. ways you can talk about sin, but actually sin at its core is very straightforward. Um, we, we learn in Genesis that we were created in the image of God, and sin is when that image is distorted and not as it should be. So basically when we do not share or when we do not reflect God's characteristics, we are sinning. So whenever you behave in a way that is contrary to God's goodness or justice or any of his attributes that we share in called communicable attributes, I'm sure we'll have an episode on that. Um, whenever we don't do that, we are, we are distorting what it looks like to reflect God's glory. And so when we don't do that, that anything that doesn't do that is sin. And um, there's just a million ways you can do that. So that's why it can be a really big topic. And sure, there's some very overt things that God's like, if you do this, it is sinful. And, uh, you know, Jesus just in so many places, like in the Sermon on the Mount, it's like, yeah, that thing that you think is not sinful, but, you know, if it's towing a line, it, you're asking the wrong question. It's definitely already sin. Because you're trying to figure out how you can be a distorted image of God and not call it a distorted image of God. <laughs> That's the whole point. Um, I'm sure it'll be a great topic to talk about the doctrine of sin. But it's kind of like if you had a picture of you, a portrait, and someone had a Sharpie and scribbled all over it, you know, the, the Sharpie would be sin. You know, it's kind of still looks like you, but it's definitely not the way you actually look. And an image is just a picture. So it's not like we are God or we're supposed to reflect what mm. he, what he is and what he looks like and what, um, what he is like. Um, but we are not him. Right. That was a lot of words. <laughs> that was good. Y'all that was good. Got me, got me speechless. No. And I, I asked that, um, cause if we're talking truth, we're talking, where do we get truth? That's scripture. And then 
we're talking, I mean, you naturally, you're gonna, you're gonna come up to the topic of sin. And so then it's defining what that is, just like we define truth. And so uh, it's really just setting the, setting the foundation for that. And one of the main topics that we're going to be talking about first in this, uh, you know, I, I think I explained it, but part of what we're doing here is, yeah, yeah, I did explain it. Sorry. Is we're going to be walking through, uh, one of the doctrines from systematic theology and we're, we're going to start kind of at the beginning and then we're going to jump into scripture. But one of the first ones we're going to hit on is the doctrine of revelation and inspiration. Part of what goes into that, I believe is inerrancy, which means the accuracy that, um, the Bible Bible is true. The Bible is true Mm -hmm. and that it contains no errors made of created by from human authors, but inspired by God. So a lot, I mean, that, that can be tricky. So we're going to dive into that. It's going to be our first, our first mini series is talking about inerrancy, talking about revelation and inspiration. And I want to, I want to comment on that. Go ahead. Bit. Absolutely. Like for those of us who are, who find ourselves listening to a podcast like this and we say it can be tricky almost all the time that is heard is like, Oh man, I'm not going to get it. A lot of these doctrines are actually not complicated. They're complicated to understand. Like when we say inerrancy, we're like, okay, the Bible doesn't have errors because the Bible says it doesn't have errors. Cool. You know, the, the doctrine of the clarity of scripture, which is, um, uh, scripture reveals itself in a way simple enough for salvation for all people. There is not like some special person you have to go through to understand enough of scripture to be saved. You know, where it gets complicated is when you want to decide to go in and, like be able to defend that point from all the ways that that could be doubted, but that Absolutely. is different than the actual core topic being complicated. So Absolutely. Um, just make sure when you hear us say that can be tricky, we're jumping to the conclusion of it can be tricky to remember all of the ways you have to, you can defend that. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely defensible. Scripture is very clear about these things. We will talk about that, but the actual core doctrine itself is hopefully actually quite straightforward. And, Grudem obvi- uh, it oftentimes will just state it in like one to three sentences. There'll be a whole chapter defending it and showing like, like let's go through all of the Bible that points us to why we believe this is true. The actual truth statement is, please, please don't shut your ears off when we say a statement and we say it's tricky. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes I could even catch myself when I say things like that. It's because as I grow in my faith and trust in Jesus, initially when topics like these come up, my nat- my my human perspective tries to come in and and doubt tries to come in. Yeah. So that's something that the Lord has to do his work through me so that way I can understand what he's trying to show me in these things and how I can understand it. So for that part and I naturally will have a lot of those questions that are natural to have when you whenever you hear the Bible is completely true. Most people hearing that could, and then you're going to have the arguments that come and tell, try to tell you that it's not from the outside world. And so that's why I'm saying it's tricky is because trying to actually find those answers in there and, and be able to defend that, which eventually that's that's one of the steps in your spiritual growth is being able to then have those conversations and say, well, Scripture says this about this. And that's why we're. That's why it is important for us to be able to make sure that we put we pour into these podcasts scripture, and that nothing's coming just from our own interpretation, our own mind. Yeah, and when you say to go find those things is tricky, is much more a comment. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. But it's much more a comment on the Bible's really long, <laughs> not that like oh man, I don't understand. Okay, like, like, like sure, there are difficult pass- passages, but my point is, is like when I think of like a pastor I look up to a dominant trait that I'm like really look up to is like, and he remembers a lot of the Bible. The, what seems is like clarity is like, Oh, he read, you know, this, this passage and all this stuff just jumped out to him. Well, all that stuff that jumped out was other passages, not necessarily like, Oh, had there isn't novelty. There isn't something that's new. Like, you know, just read, um, you know, second Timothy three, and mm-hmm. you read that, it's like, cool, that's what scripture is useful for. And it's been given to you for this purpose. 
Um, that can make me think about all kinds of things about what it means to be an elder, what it means to disciple, how Jesus discipled his disciples and then told, sent them like all those things it can make me think of, but like those aren't novel. It's just me remembering other scripture. Yep. And so it just takes time to sit and digest and read the whole Bible and remember yeah. the whole Bible. Well, and then what I've, what I've find tricky and that's part of, part of the reason why I say that is understanding context is super important mm. and that's what i'm always fine because you you're gonna see you're gonna come across people throwing out one one line scripture to you saying what you believe is false or yeah. whatever they argument they may, may be trying to make and that's where i i'm saying it could be tricky is understanding that context because and the way you do that is by reading the word and understand yeah. and and trying to grow in your understanding of it yeah. over time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why are you, why you looking smiled. at me like that, Rob? Like As you were saying that, no, I was just I was just thinking about a psalm when it comes to learning about the scriptures, but also just the result of spending time in it. And Psalm one. I'll be quick. It says, Blessed is the man whose counsel is not in the wicked or the company of the wicked, nor does he stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, right? Um, he meditates on the word day and night. And so that takes time and that takes your lifetime. And people that you look up to kind of go back to what Jeff said that can just quote scripture you know from the top of their head that isn't just something they did overnight that takes minutes hours days weeks years of just spending time in the scripture and and asking God to help you remember those things and not only remember them but to understand them for the implications in your life Second Peter 1, verse 21. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So I bring that up because it's, I mean, it's talking about not coming from someone's own interpretation um, as far as Scripture. And then as we read it as well, we rely on on the Holy Spirit for that revelation for us to understand what, what he's trying to say through this. So it, another way to say it is don't project your desires onto scripture. You should always try to understand to the best of your ability, what the text says mm -hmm. and only then figure out how you relate to it. Cause otherwise, um, you know, you just make scripture say whatever you want. Mm, and absolutely. It and yeah. You can twist, just like you can twist someone's words with like video editing and audio editing and stuff. You can twist scripture's words by just omitting things or saying they mean the things they don't mean. And that's, that's what we're fighting against. Absolutely. I got a question for y'all. How would you explain to someone why you trust that scripture is true? <laughs> oh, Rob, what would you say? I would say a lot of it is just what I've experienced from reading the scriptures um, and what I've heard people speak on about the scriptures. And those things for me personally have come, become true in my life. You know, as you mentioned earlier, Will, revelation and inspiration, like one of the things that is said in the gospels, I believe it's in John, maybe John eight. I can't remember. But what is said is, no one can come to the father except through me. Like everyone is drawn to God. God draws us to him. And so the reason why I say that is like, in order for me to know that these things are true, God not only reveals them to me, but he teaches me or has taught me through my experiences of reading it and hearing it and learning from it that there is nothing else outside of this that is true in terms of how we are to live and how we are to reflect him in our daily lives. So it's kind of a long-winded answer of saying, I know this to be true, 
because I've experienced it and I believe it because it says it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it literally says it is true. Um, but obviously anything can say it's true. But again, as I was saying, I believe that because it was revealed to me. Yeah. That's what I was uh, going to bring up is um, revelation versus discovery. This is like week one of the Austin Stone Development Program is the nature of knowledge. Um, scripture tells us is based on revelation. Basically, there's nothing, no matter who's listening to this, whether you believe in Jesus or not, there's nothing that came in your life that your brain understands or thinks it understands without God permitting it. Um, and so scripture says like, it is the word of God and God's the one that reveals to you and confirms that personally. And I think there's general revelation. So basically everyone experiences this though in creation. Ever been like in a class in school or something? Um, like, man, I just don't really get this. And then one day you sit down and it just clicks that experience is absolutely God saying now you're now you can understand this thing and it can be on any topic on anything and so what the way it applies here is that's ex exactly the same way of like well the Bible didn't say anything new mm. but it was personally confirmed for you that it actually is true and so um, I believe it's true because it says what it says and God revealed to me that it is absolutely true and my life experience confirms that as well. And so it's really what you said. And that's, <laughs> it's, it's the same answer because yeah. uh, it's the same doctrine. You know, it's yeah. God's like, hey, you read this and I showed you personally. It's true. Can you remember the time that that was revealed to you, mm. that he was revealed to you? Yeah. Um, for me personally, when I was, so this is like testimony time. Um, this is, you can give the story elevator, time. the ele elevator pitch version. Yeah. It's just in, in high school, I did competitive debate and, you know, being an engineer and stuff was important and lawyers and all that. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, but having all the right answers mattered a lot. Um, and I'm still recovering from that <laughs> and, uh, sanctification. That's right. And, and so <laughs> one, one day, um, uh, sitting and reading scripture, reading Romans, uh, the same Romans I've read for years up to that point, um, it all of a sudden clicked. It's like, Jesus is who he says he is. God is the one who created all and created me. And he created me to glorify him. And Jesus is the way that I can repair my relationship with God. And the only way I can repair my relationship with God, I should, I should follow Jesus and, and, live my life as a living sacrifice. And so um, I then proceeded to say, like, I want to tell the world this. I'm a 17-year-old who wanted to get baptized. And I got baptized. And kind of the rest was history. Did I think Jesus was supposed to be the most important thing in my life long before that? Yes. But did I actually have a saving faith? I'm not quite sure. I'm, I'm unsure if I would say I would have a saving faith until that moment. I could... Um, confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Um, you know, that's straight up Romans 10, nine, that's saving faith. And did I actually believe that in my heart? I could acknowledge it's true. It's what the Bible says. And I think it's the most important thing that's different than saying, yeah, I actually believe that happened. And I submit my life to that. I was 17 when that happened and God absolutely revealed himself to me to, to make that true. That wasn't Jeff just making it up. That's awesome. Mm. I love that. <laughs> That's great. How about you, Robert? Similar for me, uh, for those of you that are familiar, I I got saved at a Young Life camp. So most of my life, I grew up in the church with my family. But for me, hearing the gospel for the first time on a mountain was um, my real first time experience of understanding who God was and who I was in light of who he was and the fact that I needed him. But I didn't know that until the scriptures were 
read over us as a you know congregation at, at the Young Life campus. So fast forwarding, you know, the the camp leader at the time who was going through the the talk, the cross talk at the time, and he was talking about what it means to to become someone who is a believer in Jesus. The scripture that was read was Second Corinthians five seventeen. So therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so, in that moment, for me personally, I realized everything that I was living my life for, and how I was living my life, and how I was going about certain things with my family, my own decision-making in high school and everything and getting ready to go to college, I was only living my life for the purpose of making myself better. And, and instead of knowing and loving Jesus. And so that night I was like, Lord, I don't even know what this looks like, but I just need you to take over the will of my life. And quite honestly, guys, like that came from just a conviction of knowing I needed God, you know, I needed him to come in and, and change me. And so to further that, you know, experience for me, remember later that evening, you know, I had, I had a conversation with someone, with someone at the camp. It was like, you know, it's interesting that we, we talk about Jesus as if he was just another person, but I've, I really believe that he was, he was God. And for me, like that, just saying that was like, okay, God, like you're, you've really changed me. And now I can move forward in this faith that you've given me to, to live the life that you've called me to live. And so that's when, you know, I would say, and how it was revealed to me is like, it was revealed to me through the scriptures. Uh, it was revealed to me by God revealing himself to me through his spirit and, and, and bringing me to a place where I can say, God, you are real. Jesus, you are real. And I, I need you to take over the will of my life. I have no idea what that looks like, but I trust you. And so, yeah, praise God. That was 10 years ago. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I love that. Uh, I would say for me, it's it's kind of hard for me to pinpoint one distinct moment. There's been a few moments throughout throughout. It's almost like I've been saved multiple times. Is what it kind of feels like. Is like I think that I trust him. I think that I'm I'm fully his, or that I'm that I fully believe that I've surrendered myself to him. And then it there's another moment that happens, and it's like. I don't think I have given myself completely to him. It's just, there's been multiple moments like that, but I grew up in church. I've always been around it. I've always, I've always been, um, I've always been in church. I've always been involved. I've always tried to, um, I've just always been around the word. I've always been around church. Like I keep saying, (laughs) but, um, I guess it wasn't until, I was a teenager, middle, middle teenager. Um, I think I asked, where do I start trying to read? And it's making the decision on my own to actually pursue him. And so I would, I would reach out to family members. I would go, my aunt, my uncle, and they had a church and I would go with them. And I think that was huge um, because I was making the choice to go. And so I guess God's always had his had his hand on me. Um, but yeah, I think I asked somebody, what, what do I read to, to learn about him, to get, what, what scripture should I read first? And they pointed me to John. And so I read that and I, I think I kept going back to that over the years. And there was, there was probably moments where it really started to become clear to me that this was something that I I just never could shake it. I would, I was walking in walking in sin throughout high school throughout the early years of college um and 
I guess that's why I say I, I, there's times where I look back and I'm like, I've always been in church, but did I truly believe and did I truly surrender my life to him? I guess that's what I'm trying to say here. But there was a moment where I was at the stone. It was one of the first times I think, Rob, you had taken me and I was going through a lot of time and I was living, I was living in sexual sin and during a worship song, I remember breaking down and it was, I, I feel like if there was a moment, it was that one where I just, I couldn't stop crying. And, at, but at the same time, it was like of joy, like Jesus is my savior. And I, it, it felt like all that shame I was able to actually lay down. So I guess for me, it's, it's crazy for me to think. And I guess that's why I struggle answering in that question is because it's like all my life I've been around church and I've tried to get to, I've tried to, I've called myself a Christian, but was it that, was it that moment? Was he just having favor over me and, and keeping his hand over me all of my life? And on that moment, it was kind of this floodgate that opened for me. And then from that moment on, it was trying to live my life differently. And so for me, it's the, the fruit that I've, that I'm displaying in my life, I think we're drastically different from that moment on. So that's why I believe that, that's why I could believe that maybe it happened in my early 20s, even though I was in church all my life. It's good. It's good to consider <clears throat> what God's done in our lives. I mean, it's like to take some something that is dead and give it life. What a, what a, what a thought to eternally worship God for. <laughs> Because that's literally what heaven is. For do that forever. That's the no point. no guilt, no shame. Say, Lord, I'm going to literally praise your name forever, for you gave me life when I was dead. <laughs> that moment that I felt during worship, it will be one thousand times even more better than that. Forever. That's wild. To forever. Me. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, in that moment, I I did not, I felt healing. Yeah. So I felt his, I felt his saving grace. So I, I think in that moment, if, if not before that, he, he's, re, he's been revealing himself to me over my life. But in that moment, he revealed that he's the one that can take my guilt and my shame and my hurt. Um, and that I can have joy and that I do, I do deserve it in the sense that he loves me. You know, so it's really cool to think about. Praise so. God, man. Praise God. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll cut this, but. I know, right? No, the, the thing I want to say is, Will, your Enneagram 4 showing real hard right now. I, I yeah, it. it's like I want the perfect answer, but I, I and just I can't. Love it. No, you gave the perfect answer. That's the point. Well, and I guess I've always struggled because it's, I'm always like, people people are able to remember that one moment and i i've always had a hard time remembering that one moment it's like all my life i've been trying to do the right thing and live a live a right life like a morally right i was always a rule follower all those things and so i'm always trying to do the right thing and not mess up i mean everyone follows rules to some extent mm. yeah. just most people love to define the rules and then follow those. But it was always, I mean, even as a early teenager, I'm always, and I guess it's from me being in church and hearing the sermons every day. It's all that's been poured into me over my life. So it's, oh, I, I need to not lie. I need to do not do this. Like I need to not sin. And so I grew up with that. And maybe that contributed to me always feeling like I had like kind of building up this guilt and the shame because I, I, didn't understand that he, even though I'd hear it, I didn't fully understand that he was capable of taking it, and I, I wasn't completely surrendering. But Will, I want to encourage you right now, dude. Bring it. And and that word of encouragement is, salvation experiences are not cookie cutter. Right. To wake up one day and be like, man, I want to actually get. I, I want to know Jesus. I want to submit my life to him as a living sacrifice and I want to be conformed into his likeness is not like there's, there's so many ways that can happen. Clearly there was some day you woke up and thought that yeah. at some point. Um, and there are moments that you just described that were formative to make that happen. 
But that's different than saying, well, I was just sitting and looking at my Bible and then had this big salvation moment. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I was a believer and I knew it. And I, that's what I then walked up and called myself. Hey, everybody, I'm a believer now. <laughs> and like, like, I put it on sure. a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's sure. Someone, someone could have that experience. Um, and for me, uh, that, that, tra- and I, I phrased it maybe slightly too specifically cause I don't have like a, I was, it was a drizzly Tuesday and I was wearing blue shorts. <laughs> 74 I degrees. Was, I was reading Romans six, three. And all of a sudden it clicked. Like it, it, it wasn't that ultra specific. I can just yeah. remember the year that I clearly went from, you know, not following Jesus to wanting to follow Jesus and following through with when you get baptized, like all out of my personal desire to, to follow Jesus. And so, Will, I'm trying to encourage you with like, you're saved. I, I'm, con- I'm convinced you're saved. And at some time in your past, you had a regenerate soul that suddenly desired to know Jesus and to follow him. And that's as good as a salvation story as anyone has. The fact that I was saved is the story. That's the story. (laughs) (laughs) And it is, and it is good. You were dead and now you're not. (laughs) I'm alive. You brought from death to life. Cause honestly, like that's, that's part of the things when we're talking about truth and projecting our desires onto stuff, Yeah, you know, we can get yeah. into trouble if we sensationalize, if it's not sensational, it must not be real. That's like, whew, I don't actually read the Bible. I still sit down and read scripture and go like, man, if I didn't flop on the floor, I guess I'm not saved. It's like, yeah. I'm not going to say someone doesn't have, can't have a salvation story like that. But that's not, I, I, I don't see Jesus like, well, he didn't like convulse on the floor. So I guess you don't really care about following me. It's like, woof, no, like that's not what characterizes you transitioning from being dead to being alive in Christ. Um, and so it's okay, man. Own your story. It's an awesome one. There, there was a time where I was baptized and I've, I saw something, and I think, if I'm remembering correctly, when you go down, they say buried, right, and then risen in Christ, and so I remember that's I remember that like I going down and then coming back up, I saw the tomb move roll away, and so I I visually see, saw that, and Jeff and Rob, as you know, I'm a I'm a creative, I'm always kind of in that in that realm and artistic things like that so for me seeing that and almost like a vision it's uh, might sound crazy but that's that's what I saw as I came up out of the water was the stone being rolled away and to me it was me through his resurrection I I am alive because of what he did for me and I feel like I understood that because I saw that imagery and it was a it was shown to me um, but 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 I'm I'm actually gonna I'm gonna poke on that a little bit, dude. That's not why it. you're saved. That no, was a good experience. I know that I'm not because saved because there of were that. people that literally watched Jesus do miracles in the flesh in front of their eyeballs, and still didn't give their life to him. I'm saying maybe like as I'm processing, maybe that is one of those moments where I feel like. I realized that I was saved. Yeah, Not that yeah, it yeah. was me being saved because of that act. Yeah, it's yeah. God revealing Himself to me through that, through showing me that that stone, that stone is removed. I yeah. am alive. I am yeah, reborn, yeah. regenerated. Yeah, and that and that that context I was trying to bring was to to try to push against people that are like, oh man, like I love Jesus with all my heart. And now, like, because I didn't have a cool experience, like, Will, am I saved? It's like, no, your cool experience was you were dead and now you're alive. Like, that's the best story ever. And definitely because I didn't have a vision like that. Me either. I'm a little jelly. Well, don't be jealous. No, nah, no, nah, that, that was a joke. But, uh, <laughs> I want to see the stone roll away. Yeah. But, but, like, I don't, I don't want to discredit my own story because of it not being the same as someone else's. Absolutely. And so it, it because, because it's amazing how this inverted, like when you were listening to my testimony, you're like, man, I don't really know what the moment was. And all like, you were almost, I, it almost seemed like you were thinking like, oh man, like 
that's not i don't have a cool moment to talk about and then like you tell your story and i'm like i don't have a cool moment like that to talk about it's okay because jesus is the center of all of it it's not about us see and even in this moment i'm the lord is like showing me things that i couldn't improve on it's like will you put too much pressure on yourself and think that you have to be perfect you don't have to be it's jesus who's perfect and absolutely yeah. so i i love that i love that out of something like this, out of these conversations that I'm able, he's able to even speak to me and show me and reveal himself to oh, me in, in this. Yeah, me too. So me too, dude. I'm, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad to be, be doing this with y'all. Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm looking forward to next week and next, next podcast. So this was just a little taste and hopefully a taste that it's like I know. an hour and a half or longer. I don't even know how long we've been going. <laughs> yeah. Um, encouragement, okay. y'all. a lot of this, a lot it. of this, well, yeah, please have some grace. A lot of this is some of it was off the cuff and ended up going down a whole little mini that's, testimony that, thing. But point. Hey, but everybody man, out if, there, we're learning how to do this. So, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I feel like it was, it was relative. Or it, it it followed along the the thread of truth and revelation. It's how did God reveal himself to us? Everybody has their story. Um, and if, and if you haven't experienced that yet, we encourage you to keep listening and I pray that God reveals himself to you. Yeah. Well, everyone, thanks again, Jeff. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Uh, until next time we will continue to seek truth and, Look forward to discussing truth in the next podcast. See ya. Out. Peace.